Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Just a quick note to say that the audio for the first couple of minutes is poor quality, but it does improve after that. And um, it's wonderful to sort of look forward. Um, oh, I have some science for you. Um, there was a study uh, that was released in the Journal of Psychology in 2009 that said if you want to keep your New Year's resolutions, you should actually tell your goal. Because when you tell people, you get a significant feeling of, I've already achieved it, like, go me. Uh, and so you get that which decreases your motivation to actually achieve it. So they did a whole study of people. So if you want to do something new this year, tell no one, and you'll be more motivated rather than telling everybody. And then you're just going to be like, I feel such a good reason, and then you're not motivated to do it. Science. Uh, but one of the other things about a new year is that for me, you sort of want to shake off the old year like an old sweaty coat for like, oh, it's done. New year, new fresh. It's going to be great this year. And I think there's something incredibly significant and biblically significant about looking backwards and taking stock of what happened last year. Because there's a God thing that happens. And when we look at the the leading of our past, that I think is really, really important to do. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do that together. Because when do I ever not do something that requires of you? So uh, what we're going to do is uh, my husband... Positive moments, negative moments, significant moments. Just look back at your year. You'll end up turning to anyone near you and going, was that last year? Was that, was that? And I just want you to write down the moment. Just map for me your moment. It doesn't have to be dates and significant things. Just, just map for me. Some, in the spring, this happened. I lost my job. I gained my job. My uncle died. Just map for me your emotional, the significant key moments of your journey. Uh, and so feel free to think. Uh, right. We're going to have to flippity-doo. It can't take a while. Spin it out. Somebody help him. Please, thank you. And uh, we'll send them out, and also pencils. But have a think. If you have family around, feel free to consult. But this is something about actually marking down what happened last year. And then we're going to look at it biblically. I'll give you four minutes. Yes, got to hurry it up. If you don't have a pen... Pencils are coming around. Also, rummage in your purse or the person next to you. Now, as I talk, you can feel free to continue to write. For many of us, our whole lives look like this, but even our year begins to look like this. It starts off, this is the mess of my past life. Uh, It starts off, and we're like, ooh, ooh. I had a good start off. I was feeling good. I have like high escalation of skills. Like this, my beginning of my year just went great. And we're like, yes, 
and then it quickly spiraled downwards, uh, and therefore it just wee all the way down. And then, um, so for me, I lost a family member, and I was just like, well, for me, it was like down, and then it like hit another stair, boom, 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 and I just got hit and hit and hit and hit and hit and hit and hit, and then it was like, okay, it's all right. I quit my job and uh, therefore had more time to myself. That was excellent. That came up a little bit. Yes. And then, ooh, and then I had so much time to myself that I got to read multiple books and spend time with Jesus, and that was really nice. And so that went really great. And uh, so that was going really high. I had, like, achieved a real high level of that. And then, um, and then depression hit again, so that wasn't great, so that goes down. And uh, our lives can sometimes look like this up, down, up, down, up, down span of a life. And we look back and we go, I had some good points, I had some bad points. And, you know, what's next? Let's just move on. It is what it is. And we just leave it back as a, as a mark. But Romans 8.28 says something really specific about our lives. If you want to read with me, it's Romans 8, 28. If you want to look it up on your phone, you can. If not, I'm going to read it to you. Paul was writing to people in Rome who were under persecution about their lives. And there's this one verse that we often come back to. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. And we know, I'm going to say it again, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And for a long time, I read that verse and was like, he works for the good of those, that in all things, God works for the good of those. And I thought that meant that I could look back at the negative things And that God would bring something good out of it, as in like, well, I lost my job, but I'm going to get a better one. Or that I had bad mental health, but that means that next year I'm going to have great mental health. And that he was going to take the thing and do the opposite, uh, because he was going to make it all better. And I found myself getting disappointed with God when my uncle is still dead. And I still am suffering the loss of my job. And I'm looking for the, the happy highs that I wanted him to give me. Because surely that's God's purpose for my life, is to give me good things so that my life is one straight high line that goes all the way across. But I don't see in scripture that that's what God has promised for us. His promises are way better than one long high happiness of a pain-free, guilt-free, never-have-any-pain-or-struggles life. He's better than that. Because the next verse after that is talking about what the good that he is called to bring. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, everyone he knew before the beginning of time, He also be predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 
the good that God has for us is better than us just having a happy march. The good that he has for us is that we will daily be transformed into the likeness of God himself, into the character of Christ. And that every up and every down is not just something that's happy or sad, but is used by God to weave us into being more and more like Jesus, that we may walk with peace and power and strength and friendship and joy, that we may be free from the sin that binds, that we may be in relationships that cause us to flourish, that we may rescue those in the world that need rescuing. We are called to be in the image of Christ. And everything that happens in our life, he works for the good of our transformation and the transformation of the world around us. That's exciting. It means that our lives aren't a line. Our lives are a thread in him weaving something beautiful? Do you know what I mean? The, the mess, this little knot that I think can never be unwound is just the ups and downs that cause these little bumps that cross over that cause a beautiful pattern of my life in the weaving of God. We often just take the moment, the thread, and say this little bit of thread I don't like as opposed to this little bit of thread is weaving a character in me that is going to go on for eternity and cause me to be more and more in the image of God. This is from Ireland, and I find it fascinating, all the little, the, little, the little bumps and the ways it goes, and I can knit a little bit, but it's hard, and it doesn't make much sense. And it's one thread that goes up and down and all around and creates this thing. And we look back at our lives, and we just go, oh, one thread, let's cut it off, let's move on. But the one thread that God has been weaving in our lives is weaving something beautiful. But we've got to look back and say, God... What are you doing? Priscilla and Aquila were these people in the scripture. I don't think I need to tell the story. We're running late. I'm going to skip it. Priscilla and Aquila, I'll, I'll summarize. Priscilla and Aquila were these people in scripture that I love. They're these minor characters. I'm, I'm a fan of the minor characters in scripture um, because they pop up all the time. And Priscilla and Aquila are these excellent examples of what this looks like in everyday life. They, um, Aquila was from a place in Turkey, eventually ended up in Rome, married to Priscilla, and they were in Rome, and they were just Jews hanging out, and um, the emperor decided that all Jews needed to be expelled from Rome, and so there were some religious riots, and they were just kicked out. Can you imagine? You're in your home, and now you're just being kicked out. You cannot live here anymore devastating. They had a tent-making business. They probably had contracts with the government. And nope, no more. Now you not only have to lose your job, lose your family, lose your connection, lose your friends. Now you just have to leave. Where? Anywhere but here. And so they end up just going. I mean, they're like down the stairs and at the bottom. And so they end up going to Greece. We don't know why. They land in a place called Corinth. They set up a tent-making business. This guy shows up. He's also a tent maker and is like, hey, can I work with you? They're like, great, uh, and end up housing and working with the Apostle Paul, uh, which is kind of interesting. And they spend two years, a year and a half there. They spend a year and a half there listening to him, listening to him preach, learning about the gospel, seeing people come to Christ. It becomes this, this amazing discipleship of them. And then Paul says, I'm leaving 
And they're like, okay, we don't know whether he asked or whether they volunteered. But at some point, they're like, life can change. And they move the family and the friends and the places they've created. And they go to a different country. And they show up. They're going to go there with Paul. And Paul is going to establish something. And Paul preaches at the synagogue once. People go, we want more of this. And Paul declines in the Bible and says, maybe I'll come back. And leaves Priscilla and Aquila in a new place. And they're like, what's going on? Right now, we thought we were accompanying Paul. Paul's off. And so they stay and invest. And they're just this up and down and up and down. At some point, random guy comes to preach who turns out to be one of the greatest next preachers that's coming. He's preaching wrong. They take him to the house. They, like, explain more stuff to them about Jesus. They're like, oh! And he, they disciple this guy who then goes off to do great things there, up and down and up and down. They never could have discipled the guy had they not moved and been abandoned. Paul comes back, starts preaching. They're like, yay! People hate it. They start rioting. They start trying to stone people to death. And they're still trying to disciple people. Their life are up and down and up and down. And I can imagine at the end of every year, the temptation is to say, whoo, glad that one's over. Let's see what's new. But when they look back at the end of their lives, as they, as they grow older at the end of their lives, they're some of the foundational people in Ephesus. Paul t- says hello to them, a little shout out to them, in three separate books. Say hi to Priscilla and Aquila. They were just tent makers in Rome who went on a crazy up and down and up and down journey where they became more like Christ and they became disciplers and they became founders of churches and they became people that are mentioned over and over in scripture. Their their life had been woven into something beautiful and they're shouted out to in the book of Romans in which Paul writes, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, that we may be like Christ. We've heard this morning stories already of God speaking and forming people and transforming them a little bit more into Christ, showing a little bit more of himself. Just this morning in the worship, we had wonderful stories from Kelvin. And we have heard these stories. And you all have these stories too. Because if you stop and look back, you will see in the ups and downs of your life, moments where God has shown himself, moments where God has talked to you, moments where you have been transformed, moments where he has indeed rescued it and changed it into something great, but more so moments that God has shown himself to you and taught you how to walk with him and moments that have been powerful in other people's lives. And so what we're going to do for the next five minutes is tell each other those stories because it's important, because it's the ordinary stories that are encouraging. You may have the tiniest story. I was in the grocery store. I was angry. I didn't want anything to do with anybody. And then God just reminded me that he loved me, and that completely changed how I shop from now on. That's a good story. Stories are important because the ups and downs of life are less important than what God is doing and weaving in the ups and downs of life. Does that make sense? So we're going to turn to each other, and we're going to tell stories. If you feel like, I do not want to do that, the introvert side of me is dying, feel free to just listen, just to be like, I'm a listening today. Extroverts will fill it in. But it would be great if you could do that. The thing that I want to say, though, 
is there's a little line in here that I find significant. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. There is a, this is a product of relationship with God. He doesn't. This is something I love about God and also kind of scares me. Is God is like, hello, I will do whatever I want in your life and I'm going to make it good whether you like it or not. <laughs> God works all things together for good to weave us to become more and more like Jesus because we've asked him to. Because we've said, I'm in. I want you to be king of my life. I'm in. I want to be free from sin. I'm in. I want to be walking with you and I want to be more like you. It is a choice. And for some of us, we haven't quite made that choice yet. And that's okay. Because there's, there's a moment where we say, I want you, God. I love you, God. I want you to weave my life into the good that I may be filled with you, that I may be walking with you, that I may be impacting others around you. I want the life with you. And if that's, if that's something that you want to explore, that you want to talk about, that you want to do this morning... During this time where people are telling stories, um, Steve and Leslie, Steve and Leslie, where are you? They're back there. If you just want to, in the chaos, to wander up and say, I want to know more about this whole walking with God thing. I want to talk about this and maybe um, hear more. Then go get in a group with them. No one else will, will be looking because everyone will be talking and sharing their lives. Okay? So um, I'm going to give us five minutes to just turn and share stories of our past year of where God was transforming us to be more like him, where God was showing us stuff about him, um, where God was in the past year. I don't know whether your next year is going to have a whole bunch of highs or a whole bunch of lows. I don't know if it's going to be one long cascade down a staircase <laughs> or one long to the peak of the microphone. I don't know where it's just going to be a mess going in circles. But one thing I know and can absolutely guarantee about your future is that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I can tell the future. And your future is full of the goodness of God. Your future is full of God showing himself in your high bits and the low bits. God is full of, of walking with you in your future. That next year we can come together and look back. And if you're in the middle bit or if you're in the mess on the floor, the one thing that I can tell you is that God absolutely is going to weave that into something beautiful in the life of you and others around you. It's the hope that we have. And so let's sing to the God who weaves beautiful sweaters, jumpers, <laughs> out of the ups and downs of our lives because he is good. 